0: Good evening fans, Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam, and you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by Codewriteplay.com. Woo-boom-shakalaka! My mom gave birth in 1985, I was blue within a Pac-Man. Ghosts barely alive in the cold world. My only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart. We're breaking Rampage the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. the arcade was All my All right. I I Welcome back. To Todd Mitchell here. It's Game Dev Breakdown. Told you. I told you we would do more shows soon. And here we are. So this time we are doing sort of a community topic show. So it's not really news per se, but I uh, I try to stay plugged in around the web And, uh, see what you kids are talking about these days. Try to stay in touch with the community. Hang out on Reddit sometimes, Twitter. Got a Discord server where game developers hang out. I participate in other Discord servers. So, uh, you know, I like to stay connected. Try to give something back. You know, pay no attention to the fact that I run a podcast that all those people could be listening to. So, uh, no, it's not about that. This, this topic came up and it was one that has never really come up on the podcast so supporting your game i'm talking about providing like customer support tech support once you've launched a game whether it be in the mobile store or on steam something like that now if you know a little bit about my background you know that i have released a game in the past and it was an educational mobile game for kids like young kids learning letters and numbers that age so uh, i haven't had to do as much of this as i thought you might hear that and think Okay, you've done more of this than anyone. First of all, children can't, uh, can't write emails. So that's no problem. And parents were, were not as, as needy as I thought they might be. I mean, that's a credit to them. So I didn't have to do much support after my game. However, I have about 15 years of professional software experience outside games. That has included time in QA. That has included several jobs where I was a programmer who had to give support. So like, there have been a couple versions of this. I've worked in an office with other contractors where people would email us and call us and go, I wish the software would do this. And we would say, okay, send us an email, you know, detail out those requirements. And then with that, that record of that, we can work that into our development plan, uh, allocate resources to that, and we can get that done for you. That was a nice and tidy version of that. Although <laughs> a couple times I did have people call me on the phone Go, I would like a report that does the following. And I would go, okay, great. Put that in an email. Explain how you want it to work. Whatever. I can take that to my manager and we can get that done for you. He goes, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, dude, what? I, I just, I needed an email. So there's a record of this. He goes, I don't have time. I said, no, uh, sir, I, I don't think you understand. If If you don't send an email, we can't do it. He goes, well, I guess don't worry about it. And we didn't do it. I'm not going back and like this guy called and he wanted me to. No, forget it. You've got time. You've got time. Stay at work an extra 15 seconds today if you need to. Anyway, the other version of this I've done is I've worked as a software developer, like a specialized software programmer who these were both retail stores that I worked for their corporate offices. We would have to take calls from people or somebody would just walk over to our desk. These people were in-house that we were supporting and they would come to me for stuff like I can't get my phone to work. I swear to you at a. Net development job, I've had to stop what I was doing, get one of those networking, like phone board punch tools and go repunch like telephone wires. I still, I had no idea what I was doing, but my manager showed me one time. He's like, sometimes we have to do this. I'm like, Why? You don't have any networking people. You don't have any anything. Well, sometimes it's on us. <laughs> this is stupid. And if your manager won't protect you from that, well, then you're just screwed. So, point being, support has been uh, much too large a portion of my career, and I say that because if you're a game developer, you really shouldn't have to do this either. But as this person on Reddit said, and I want to send him a little shout out. Uh, his his <laughs> his name on Reddit is my Reddit account, bro. So that's funny and creative. I guess that could be a woman who (laughs) created that that name. So anyway, this person creates a post on Reddit and basically explains just this. They're coming up on their first release. They're going to put a game out on Steam. They've worked on it for a while. It's their first project at this scale. But this person has a full-time day job. And, you know, indie developers do what we do during nights and weekends. You know that, um, I'm, I'm a little different. Sometimes I get to do that, you know, full-time during the day. Sometimes I don't, but traditionally indie is for uh, weekend warriors. You know how it goes. So, uh, this person's thinking ahead, which I like and says, I don't, I don't know that I have time to support this the way it might need. So, and that, I don't think that necessarily means that there's anything wrong with the game. It just means this person works full-time. I'm sure that job's demanding, uh, Indie development, you know, you, you do a project. I'm sure he would like to, he or she would like to move on after this and start something else. Support is kind of intimidating when you don't know how you're going to fit it into your day. So they ask, how long do you guys usually support your games? They say, you know, they're going to sell it for money, but this isn't about the money and they don't expect a ton of money off this project. I get it. It's not like you get to quit your day job after your first game launches, if you're most people. So. They said, uh, how do you guys tackle this? What's it look like? What kind of time does it suck up? So I didn't have a ton of input on like, these are the hours I sunk into my game and this is the kind of time it took and what I had to do. I was lucky that I didn't actually hear about very many defects or bugs or anything at all. I think I found the only bug out in the wild. I used the Love 2D framework for my last game and it has an unusual kind of wrapper project to get it through itunes and onto the iphone because it doesn't really just natively support ios so i discovered that if i if i had a certain configuration set up like if i received a call while the game was being played which i never tested i didn't think of that i should have and i will in the future but (laughs) i didn't i didn't test receiving a call on the phone while you play the game uh that crashed it okay fair enough so, uh, but I figured that one out. I fixed it and updated it and nothing after that. Everything was fine after that. So what I did say was, you know, I've got, I've got a background in professional software. I think there are some lessons we can bring over. I think there are some strategies you can sort of employ and leverage to help yourself once your game launches. And there's a couple of big ones. First of all, the answer to like, do I have to provide support? Short answer, yes. I mean, long answer is like anything worth doing is worth doing well. And that includes if you've got a game coming out, it needs to look the best it possibly can. If you're an indie, there's a great chance. I mean, if you're not working with a small publisher and calling yourself indie, which that's a topic for a different debate. But uh if you're an indie, you probably don't have a huge time crunch. Take the time you need to make your, your game perform the best it can. If you know about bugs, fix those bugs. I mean, that's pretty routine stuff. I know it's easier said than done, but you wanted to do this you and you want to charge money for it and you need to put out your A material, you know, even if you're not AAA, no problem. So fix your fix your bugs, fix your bugs, everybody. If and when you fall short after launch, there's a good chance. I mean, everything needs to be play tested. Let's talk about that first real quick. You can't put out a game that you have been the only person to play it. That's never going to work. You can do it. You should expect a nightmare to come back after launch, like immediately on day one or before day one. If you send it to reviewers, it's going to come back broken and looking bad and people. I don't know what it is. Like the developer brain can no longer think and function in exactly the same way the player brain does. We know too much. We focus on the wrong things. It's not their fault. It's our fault. We can't make our brains work that way anymore. Something just, it's like, it's like when you no longer believe in Santa Claus. You can't go back. You can't go back and you'll, you'll never be able to catch all the bugs that players will catch. So you need players and you need non-developer players. It's a good thing. You need people hammering away at your game and trying everything they can to break it. I come from QA as well. So trust me. If and when you fall short after launch, you do need to spring into action. You need to fix it. I'll say this. You may not be able to figure out what's going on right away. You need to communicate. A big part of support is communication. So when reports start rolling in, answer them right away. Hey, thanks for sending me this. I'm going to look at it. Even if you have to say, like, I'm at work right now or, like, I'm out of town or this just launched and I need two days to sleep. Let people know message received. Thank you. I want to fix this and I will do my best to fix this. You don't have to like commit like I will find I will find the people who killed your father. It's it's not like that. It's like, hey, I'm going to take a look at this. I'm doing my best. Thank you for you don't have to commit to anything. Just Thank you for bringing this to my attention, doing my best to to make this the product you want it to be. You know, you don't necessarily have to commit to get. I don't think you need to commit to getting back to somebody, but uh, thanks. I've got it. Wrote it down. Thank you so much. So you do need to spring into action, though, and it's going to be tempting to get that. You may not have even closed your editor yet. You're going to jump back in the code base, go, here it is, burp, 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 fix and patch. I'm going to suggest something different here. Here's the first big one. The first big lesson we can bring into the game industry from somewhere else, the concept of a knowledge base. If you're not familiar with this, this is a customer service thing where Usually you're on a team, you're all customer service people who talk to people all day long, and because you don't want each case to be like square one, like you've never supported this before, there's usually a central repository for information that can look different ways in different environments, but you need a knowledge base. And you should start one of these for your project, and it can look like whatever you want it to look like for you. But you should start a file, start a OneNote notebook. Now, there's a bunch of ways to do this. Start a, a local wiki for yourself. It doesn't really matter. But when you interact with a player who has found a bug or is having your software crash or they've observed something unusual, like, hey, when I do this, it, uh, it hangs for just a second. It's not like a full-on bug, but like it's surprising. When you interact with people and have those conversations – Don't just rush to the code base and hammer it out and fix a patch and move on and forget about it. Start, start a file, make a record of that and add your own notes, anything you discover in the code. This sounds like more work and really it is, but over time it's going to decrease that amount of work, right? Because otherwise you're that new customer support person on day one. I mean, because your game's going to be around as long as you've got an agreement with stores, uh, app stores, game stores, like, you, this game could be around for the next five, ten years until it's, you know, no longer compatible with whatever devices, but it has potential to be around for years and you're not going to be familiar with your own code. I can't, I probably, I'm a careful software developer and I'm fairly neat and fairly organized, but I, shudder at the thought of opening my own code bases from earlier this year there's stuff i probably wrote during the summer that i don't want to see right now it happens fast i mean we've talked about that one before but definitely add notes as you fix stuff add notes that you figure out i would suggest you put this on your marketing site like you've definitely got to if you listen to me and believe any word i've ever said you will have a website for your game Especially if you're charging money for it. You've got to, I think you have to have a website just to put stuff on the, uh, the iOS store. I mean, you've got to have some kind of URL. You've probably got a website and you could add a section. Just add a tab that says support once you've got games that you're offering as a product and, uh, put some version of this knowledge base up on your support, you know, mini site or, you know, section of your website. That, that can be the first thing people browse if they're having trouble. Now, while you're working on those changes to your website, and if you, if you use WordPress like I do, it's, it's all very simple. You log in, do whatever you want, and you're done. But while you're at it, think about a support forum. This sounds like a big deal. This sounds like a big hassle and an overreaction. I don't think so. If you, if you use WordPress like I do, you can start a forum in a few minutes. If I thought it would be active on my side, I'd start one right now for no reason. But you can add a support forum to your website where people can go and not only Log issues for you to take a look at, but they can look at things other people are saying so they can browse it. Your users can help each other if you play your cards right. That sounds manipulative and devious, but believe me, if you're a single developer with other stuff to do, I assure you people would rather hear from someone than no one. And they could hear from someone fast if if people have access to this forum where they can just drop an issue, look over other issues and kind of help each other along. There's nothing wrong with that. Think of how many sites you've seen where they do that. You know, Apple has them um, big and small companies all, all have support forums. It's a good thing. So th- these are all resources you can offer your players to help them help themselves. And they're helping you help them. It's the whole thing. I mean, just keep an eye on it. Get ahead of anything big going on. If you have a lot of players complaining about the same thing, focus on that. Uh, but I, th- I think there's kind of an apprehension people have where they go. If I put up a forum, the players are going to kind of get together and egg each other on. And soon I'm going to have this big revolt on my own website. Um, I'm here to tell you, like you don't really have any say in that. Like your players are going to be upset if they're upset. Right. So let them talk. It's good practice for you. Like one day you hope to be big and successful and hire a big team and have your own company. And uh, your, your players are going to occasionally get upset with you pretty much no matter what. That's, I mean, at least some of your players, but it's going to feel like all of them when you're looking through reports or comments or emails or tweets. It's going to feel like the world is against you, because like we've said, people who are happy don't speak up as often. But my point is, like, let them do what they're going to do, and if it's not especially abusive, and then use that as an opportunity to help make better software. I get that you instinctually don't want to get involved in all this, like it feels like a lot of work, but... You need some version of this. Otherwise, every person who emails you, tweets you, puts puts in a bug report with whoever, um, it's going to feel like day one all over again. And that is what's going to make you feel like I should just abandon this. I should not worry about it. By the way, the forum thing, Steam Steam does have a version of this. So, I mean, you, you have community tabs on Steam, and but like most of the other platforms don't. So not every platform has a way for people to like look over one another's issues and see, does someone else have the same problem? Did someone notice this before I did? So offer that option. And with all that said, timeline wise, if you're taking money for your game, you need to be supporting your game for that number of days. Like as long as you're selling it, as long as you're offering it in a humble bundle down the road or you're uh, making it available on Game Pass, like as long as it's out there earning money. You've got to support it. It's not always going to feel good, but someone somewhere just bought this thing and it doesn't work. You got to do something about that. You know, uh, it won't just tank your ratings. Like at some point, if you don't provide support, you will get revenue turned over to buyers for, for returns. And eventually you'll get in trouble with those platforms, those app stores and game stores and stuff. You you don't want that. So your reputation's on the line. So as long as the game's out there, it's got to work. You don't, you don't have to, like, add features forever, obviously. And you don't have to, like, I wish this banner was red instead of blue. You don't have to worry about that. But if, like, this banner loads up and the game crashes and Windows is broken now, like, yeah, that's a problem. So you gotta fix that. If you've got other ideas about this, let me know what they are. Like, tell me, what your support experience has been like, because again, I I haven't done it as much. I've done it in the professional enterprise world, the non-gaming world, but I haven't had to do as much of this in games as we discussed. So that's it. Hey, if you enjoy game dev breakdown, I would love if you would subscribe like anywhere, anywhere you track podcasts or listen to things subscribe there drop a rating and review somewhere primarily apple is what people mean when they say this but there are ways to do this anywhere hit that follow button on spotify that's a big one share with a friend if you know somebody who's into this stuff you can check out show notes at coderightplay.com look for us on our discord server the, uh, co- the official Code right Play Discord server is what to look for, and we're on Twitter at GameDevPod, at CodewritePlay, and I'm at MechaTodzilla with 1D, 2Ls. And uh, let us know how you enjoy the show. Send topics, send feedback. That's all good, and I will support you. With that, catch you later this week.